Welcome in, Bourbon Real Talk family. And that's right, we've got another top 10. Top a heavy 10. hitter. Heavy hitters. And these are ones you don't want to miss. The top 10 MGP bourbons. So let's get right into it. All right, Wes. MGP. A lot of people know what it is. We're going to go through the history as quickly as possible. I have to use notes because there's just too many details. So first off, MGP Absolutely. stands for Midwestern Grain Products. All my research, I could not figure out whether or not the I stands for ingredients, Indiana, or incorporated. It's written all three ways. I'm going with Indiana because that's Indiana. my, my where of, I was born and raised. Of Indiana, that's right. So the cool thing, this distillery, they have been producing whiskey on this site since 1847. The backstory is that there's a guy named Samuel Bonfman that he started a distillery in Canada in 1923 because he wanted to take advantage of the opportunity created by prohibition in the United States. So he's bootlegging tons of whiskey in. Mm -hmm. And one of the cool things is we've done a full episode on Nelson Greenbrier Distillery that makes Bellmead. Yep. Well, the way he got his start was he bought the distillery equipment from that Tennessee distillery, took it up to Canada, started mm. making whiskey with it, bootlegging it back into the U.S. Crazy. Right? So awesome. that all of this stuff is connected. Yeah. Um, he uses that money to buy Seagram's in 1928. Um, and then he's just blowing up, right? He's bootlegging tons of, of whiskey. And in 1933, when Prohibition ended, he bought um, MGP, what's currently MGP, yeah. and he also bought Four Roses. And to operate legally in the United States, because everybody knew this dude was a bootlegger, yeah. he had to pay a $1.5 million fine to get licensed in the U.S., which is the modern-day equivalent of about $25 million. Yes. And he's like, yeah, do you want cash? Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Do you want my front pockets or my front, back pocket? Yeah, no big deal. So during yeah. the 30s, 40s, and 50s, Four Roses was like the premier bourbon producer in the United States. And he was he wanted Seagram's, which the, the distillery that we're talking about was making component materials to go mm -hmm. into Seagram's um, whiskey. So he wanted Seagram's to be the number one. So you know what he did? He shut down production or sales of bourbon from Four Roses in the United States. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine being so rich and petty that you shut down the number one bourbon company that you had just bought? Yeah. So that your other brand could be number one? Crazy. So his son was about as wild as him. His son took over in 1971. His name was Edgar Bonfman. Only problem with Edgar is he really liked sleeping with Hollywood starlets. Mm. So he starts buying up all these movie production companies, bankrupts the company. Um, they end up going into receivership and they end up getting sold off. All of their uh, production assets get sold off. And, um, and, and MGP is one of them. So they end up getting um, bought up by Pinard Ricoh. They only kept it for a few years, sell it off to another company called um, CL Financial Group in 2007. And then they go bankrupt in 2008. And the distillery is operating again under kind of like receivership until 2011 mm -hmm. when Midwestern Grain Products out of Indiana or sorry, out of uh, uh, Kansas, ended up buying them. Yeah. So they've got all this really amazing high-age whiskey that's like doing great, right? And But people are still kind of looking down on it because it's, it's Indiana. It's not Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple of companies, non-distiller producers, that started buying whiskey from them that was like really high-age, really high-quality whiskey. And they built up their brand by selling whiskey from MGP. One of them was OKI, 
which is uh, what we know of as New Riff. So mm -hmm. Ken Lewis, who he owned the Party Source, giant liquor store, awesome story. He decides he wants to become a producer, can't do it because he has a retail license, basically gives the business to his employee. So the Party Source is an employee-owned company yeah. uh, to get the license out of his name, takes his fortune, goes, starts a New Riff. He's buying MGP to build up the brand mm -hmm. and generate revenue, but he's selling it under the brand OKI, yeah. okay, which stands for Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. But once he gets his own whiskey ready, he stops using that brand, and that's going to come back later in the story. Yeah. Smooth Ambler Old Scout is buying these high-age barrels, um, Blum Brothers, there were others, and they start to build up, and MGP starts to run out of inventory of this really good old whiskey, and they go, oh, crap. That company just sold for $160 million. A few years ago, we sold for $29 million, and they made all that money selling our product. Why don't we start our own brands? So they start looking around for a brand to buy, and they found um, some gentlemen uh, that, that owned a brand called Remus. Mm -hmm. And Remus was famous in that region. He was headquartered out of Cincinnati, and he was the king of the bootleggers. Crazy backstory, he's a... He's a, uh, a pharmacist, and then he turns into a, a defense attorney, and he mm. even one time drank poison from a murder, like, evidence bottle in court to get his, his guy off. He had given himself the antidote before. He knew the guy had killed <laughs> the person, and he, wow. he was able to give himself the antidote. Just this crazy story. He ends up becoming the king of the bootleggers. There's a federal agent that's after him. He seduces his wife. His wife helps put him in prison. They run off together, steal the fortune. He gets out. He ends up murdering her in public. Then he oh defends himself in the first ever um, def defense of uh, temporary insanity and gets off. And then like rides off into the sunset and you don't hear about him anymore. So oh. they started a brand called Remus. And because of the history and all of that stuff, MGP buys it from these two uh, gentlemen who later used that money to buy the OKI brand back from New Riff and start per, uh, bottling MGP again. Yeah. So it's like crazy. this crazy full circle. That is the history. That is the background. So let's uh, let's talk about some of these whiskeys. Number one. And keep in mind, these were crowdsourced, right. okay? So these are not just our opinion. Yep. The Bourbon Real Talk community came in strong with some recommendations, and number one was Mic Drop. It's not like this one's like number one, number one. It's just, this is a top 10 list. Yeah. So first off, Mic Drop, uh, interesting bottle. If you ever see a whiskey that has one of these glass tops on it, do not try to pull it off. If you do it get work. it off, you'll accidentally throw it across the room. You just push it from the side a little bit, yeah. and then once once you feel it pop up, you can pull it right out. Is that like a child safe uh, lid? Do you think? I don't know. I you know it it is possible for there to be cork taint in a whiskey, and whiskey, especially high proof whiskeys, can um, can dissolve corks, and you end up with sediment in the whiskey. Yep. So. Arguably, this might be a better way to store because it's more airtight with the with the gasket, but um, it's not really caught on. Um, but I mean, they've got full disclosure on here. This is their um, their high rye bourbon mash bill, which is the thirty seven percent. Yeah. So MGP has two bourbon mash bills, twenty one percent and and thirty six percent. That's a pr those are both really high 
um, percentages yeah. of rye. Yeah. Um, and another interesting factoid about MGP in, is that in their aging facility, it's really high humidity because they're along a river. Mm-hmm. The r- river keeps things, uh, temperatures pretty even. So they, they only have about 10% temperature change between summer and winter. So things age really slow there, almost like Scotland. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting and why we're going to taste so many MDPs that don't all taste the same. Yeah, that's crazy. Is because if you take those barrels out of the MB- MDP aging facility and put them anywhere else, they change super quickly. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what, what do we have for number two? Let's go with Penelope. got our Penelope and this one is the barrel strength. I've had almost all of the, I think they have four different bourbons um, and Penelope is um, a four grain um, which has all four of the grains that would be in a traditional mash bill. Um, Penelope, kind of a cool story. The guy named the company after his daughter um, Penelope and uh, so him and his business partner got together, wanted to create a a whiskey brand. Um, They wanted his words were um, everyone to find the joy every day in somewhere like he does in his daughter. So that's why they came up with the brand. And so whiskey definitely helps play a part in helping you to have a good day. Yeah, that's so. right. And and uh, as dads of daughters, I can really, yeah, of course, I can get yeah. on board with that. So uh, if you're a dad of a daughter, you might try some Penelope or if you just like good MGP juice, definitely Penelope is where it's at. So. Uh, this barrel strength is uh, right at a 115 proof, so really good, right in my sweet spot. I think I'll pour myself a little bit as well. Yeah, um, this one's got a uh, strong uh, banana runts uh, thing going on. Does it? Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm a fan of. Yes, I, I am a fan of that as well. I, you know, occasionally we get we get uh, the we get the banana runts from the MGP juice. Yeah, but not always, which is interesting. Not always, and that's the crazy thing is every one of these ten tastes different, mm-hmm. different profiles because they have been aged in different areas, and so that's really cool. What's next? Number three is tumbling dice. Tumbling Dice is um, another non-distiller producer. Um, we actually did this single barrel as a club, so they do have a single barrel program. And if I remember correctly, this whiskey had uh, some treatment that was like a toasted barrel flavor, mm-hmm. which is interesting because, I mean, all these different producers can get the same mash bill and whatnot from from the same company everything yeah. about it its manufacturing process is the same mm-hmm. but a lot of the you know top recommendations were things that had been changed by either you know barrel finishing or something yeah right? um and it's 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 pretty cool when you can get you know one of these ndp ndps to do like a single barrel selection yeah good pick definitely deserves uh, the recognition of the top 10 MGPs. Yeah. And I'll tell you another one. Okay, let's let's hear it. With a really cool story. All right. I'm gonna let you tell the story. I'm gonna say the bourbon, and that bourbon is Joseph Magnus. So it's the story of Miss Nancy Fraley. So Nancy the Nose Fraley is the blending uh, consultant for Joseph Magnus. She's been involved with the brand from the beginning. Um, she's one of my favorite people in the whiskey world. She has this crazy backstory. Um, she 
went to Harvard and got a master's degree in Indo-Tibetan Buddhism. Of course. Yeah. And what's hilarious is you hear those that word sequence, you're like, what? And she is fully aware of how <laughs> off the wall that is. So when she tells people that, she goes, you know, as one does. Yep. And yep. then she has like this really infectious laugh. So when when I met her, I got to, you know, ask her all these questions. Well, she decided she didn't want to become a professor of Indo-Tibetan Buddhism. So she switches gears after she gets her master's degree, goes and gets a law degree from Berkeley um, in maritime law. Mm. Uh, so then she decided she didn't want to practice law. Uh, she took a sabbatical, went to yeah. Europe, fell in love with cognac, found out that there was a cognac uh, producer named Hubert Rom. Rom I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Anyway, he he had moved from Cognac to Northern California so mm -hmm. that he could experiment a little more because there's restrictions and things like that that he didn't want to abide by any longer. And so she goes to work there, like in their accounting department. And the other interesting thing about Nancy is that she's the only person I've ever heard of in all of human history that oh, has yeah. a photographic memory for scent. Yeah. Wild. Like, you... you I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, okay, well, I went to this restaurant in Spain in 1978, and I remember every smell yeah. from the meal and everything. Wow. And that's cool. a really interesting characteristic yeah. to have when you blend because you yeah. can taste something and go, hey, you know what this is missing? Barrel <laughs> 7924 in Warehouse H. Go right. get it and put it in here, yeah. right? Yeah. And and once once the company uh, figured out that she had that talent, they started using her on their sensory team. Makes sense. And now she's one of the top uh, consultants out there for whiskey companies. So she helps create this brand. It's delicious whiskey. And she's a cigar smoker, which is why they make Cigar Blend. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So next up, uh, a story that we covered um, a few weeks ago in the podcast. Uh, if you haven't seen it, we've got the link below for you to link check below. that out. But we're talking about... Uh, Bell, Bell me. me. There it is. Bell Mead again, the crazy story of not actually owning the name Bell Mead or the whiskey that's inside here. The whiskey inside is obviously MGP, mm -hmm. a Nashville uh, brand that is uh, bottled and, and um, stored for a little while there in Nashville, but uh, definitely a good whiskey, deserves the spot on the list. Not a super fun distillery to go visit, of course. Um, they can tend to be kind of jerks to us. Like, <laughs> a little bit. They, no hard feelings. Yeah. No hard feelings, if, of if, still imagine going to a hipster run bar. That's It's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah Nothing but, against hipsters. No. Um, just... Uh, just a really good whiskey, so it's hard not to like the brand. So yeah, and and they have been contract distilling with MGP since before that had become cool. Right, and yeah. that that's why this is one of the highest age MGPs that you can still get at a reasonable price. Yeah, you know, if if you release an MGP that's fourteen years old right now, it's probably going to be north of one hundred and fifty dollars a bottle. Mm. These guys are consistently releasing ten year old MGP. And their price is still less than 60 bucks in most markets. So yeah. it's, a, it's an amazing product. Good value, good product. Hey, Wes. Hey, man. I'm here. What are you doing? I'm here for the bottle, sure. Oh. Uh, wow. Well, so you just carried all this? Well, I put them in my seat, and I uh, kind of put the seatbelt over them and things just to keep them from... But this one did fall on the ground. I hope it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'm you good, lose you know? Right. I just couldn't... I can't decide really what I wanted to bring. So well, I, I recommend that you get one of these. 
Oh, a Mary Poppins bag? Yes, it's very similar to what Mary Poppins would carry, except for it holds whiskey. Ooh, okay, tell me more. All right, so Bourbon Real Talk has had this custom designed for whiskey lovers. Nothing like this has ever existed before. Ever. It's been designed to hold nice. all bottles, okay? Every, so like even size, a huh? wide bottle like this one, look at it, it fits right in there. Ooh. Super tall bottles like E.H. Taylor, no problem. What about the Fits Leaper right fork? in there. Right Leaper's there. fork. Oh, Look at oh. this. Even the weird shaped, like, Scotch-like bottles. Hey, like this is a weird, 12. I bet this one doesn't fit. Nope, that one's going to fit just fine, I promise. Oh, wow. Okay, and then we've got... So how many can you fit in here? I mean, You can fit six in here. Ooh. If this is something that you need because you carry bottles places, head on over to bourbonrealtalk.com and pick one of these bad boys yeah. up. If you want to look really cool at your next tasting that you show up to a bottle share, walk in with one of these Mary Poppins bourbon bags <laughs> and just keep the bottles coming out of them. Keep just, them coming. And, and truth uh, be told, I've carried up to 10 bottles in this bag. All right. Because there's separation in between the padding, so you can fit two in the center, two on the sides, boom, yeah. ten bottles. Boom. That's everything you need. Okay? Everything you need. That's what we're here for, to keep you hooked up with all the cool bourbon lover tchotchkes. Tchotchkes. And also, check out the other great things that are on bourbonrealtalk.com. Yeah, do it. I'll see y'all later. Um, next up, though, really cool story. One of my favorite stories out of the MGP and that is the story of Old Elk and Greg Metz. So, what makes this so interesting to me is that Greg Metz, master distiller, uh, who now is with Old Elk, was originally with MGP as their master distiller there. Yes. Uh, so it's just kind of cool to me that you would work so hard to develop a whiskey and a bourbon that you're really proud of. You put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that. You love it. And all of a sudden, you're going to go work for another brand and say, hey, I know where we can find some good whiskey. I made some good whiskey. <laughs> it's at MGP. Let's right. give them a call and see if we can start contracting with them. And that's exactly what they did. So Old Elk is a staple for me on my shelf. Mm -hmm. uh, love it. Um, it's a, a wheat there. And so, I mean, I've always had a little affection in my heart for a good wheat bourbon, but yeah. Old Elk is a cool story. Very good bourbon. All right. So what do we have next? Um, I think it's about time for some Old Soul. Old Soul. Old Soul is an interesting one because they they source whiskey. They make whiskey. Their backstory is really, really cool. Uh, their master distiller's name is Philip Ladner. He used to work for, in fact, I did an interview with him. Can we add the link? Yeah, let's do it. Link down below. Yeah. And uh, Philip was a um, a winemaker at one of the, the cult following wine producers in California, like the kind you got to wait three years to get on the list. Mm -hmm. Then he learns distillation. He goes to work for LDI, which is a Louisville Distilling Institute. And a couple of his high school friends call him up and they go, hey, we're starting the first legal distillery in Mississippi post-prohibition. We want you to come be our master distiller. Mm -hmm. So he did. So, of course, like they're eager to get their own juice out. But in the meantime, they're sourcing. They're buying from MGP. And they have products that are just MGP, like their single barrels. Most of their single barrels are just MGP. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they have products that are blending between their juice and MGP juice. Right. And they'll say blend of straight bourbon. Mm -hmm. And then now they just started to release some bottles that are all their juice. And it's pretty freaking good. Yeah. 
And so this is both a MGP <clears throat> success story and a crap producer success story. So I love yeah, this brand. I love it too. And uh, this this pick by uh, is this the someone mm-hmm. say whiskey pick? Yeah, mm-hmm. this pick is exceptional. So really good. Uh, love it. So next up we've got Nulu. <laughs> This brand, New Lou, is relatively new. Mm-hmm. Lou. New get, Lou. Get it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if my name were Lou, yeah. I mean, that, that would have hit a, so hard. That would have been a, such a sick joke. But, sick joke. Um, it is new, relatively. 2016 is when New Lou uh, came to be. Keith Hazelbaker. I hope I said that right. Hazelbaker? Uh, I think that's his last name. He doesn't watch. It's uh, he, he's probably not watching. Probably not watching. But he is located in the Louisville, Kentucky. We will be there in just a few weeks. I can't wait to visit Kentucky again. But Nulu is a great uh, MGP juice. Um, they're right there in Louisville, like I said. A good brand. Um, his philosophy, I think, behind it was just kind of getting back to the basics of how bourbon was made. And um, and MGP is a great place to, to do that, obviously. So, Nulu, highly recommend. They deserve a spot on the list. Awesome. All right. Uh, what do we got? Oh, Redwood Empire. Yeah, so Redwood Empire is also got a very interesting backstory. Uh, one, their uh, VP of sales happens to live like five minutes from here. So, I ran into him Why in the industry. Here? You know, I should have invited him. You should have him. had him here. I honestly thought. Oh my gosh. You know what? I almost did invite him <laughs> to do one of the blinds. Well, almost um, inviting someone doesn't count. Okay. I Well, I invited a lot of people. All right. So, so uh, they, they started off and their backstory is Mark West Wines. It's like an orange label, very mm-hmm. prominent grocery stores, <clears throat> and then Black Box Wines. Right. Yeah. Those two companies were started by an individual who sold them to Constellation Brands for like half a billion dollars or something oh, crazy. Not okay? bad. Um, so then he starts off and, and wants to get into distillation. Mm-hmm. And so he goes out and hires Jeff Duckhorn of the Duckhorn Family Vineyard mm-hmm. to become his master distiller. And they start making their own juice, but he had the foresight right before MGP got super rare to go ahead and buy some of their higher age barrels. Mm-hmm. And so they have some high age releases that come out and then they've got some that they finished in wine cask, which their they're tie to wine is very tight. Yeah. Um, and so this one happened to be uh, their, I think one of their first ever single barrels that they finished in a wine cask. Like it took yeah. forever to get this because of label approval and all that. And then we did a, a, a 14 year that was not finished with them and it got lost or stolen in the three tier system. It just <laughs> disappeared. So, uh, and that, that does sometimes happen, but they have a great uh, backstory and their juice, which they're releasing now, reasonably priced, mm-hmm. smaller producer, it's got good flavor. Yeah. So this is another success story where NGP <clears throat> helped a, a craft brand get on their feet and now they've got their own product and it's good. Yeah, it is good. And for a 12 year MGP juice, it's like, you know, not mm-hmm. a whole lot of MGPs out there at that age and it's awesome. It so, is awesome. Really good stuff. Now last, but certainly not least. Not least. Probably one of my favorites is right here. The old smoke wagon. Smoke wagon, man, it's becoming harder and harder to find. Um, but that's because it is caught like a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smoke Wagon, obviously, 
um, up in Las Vegas, um, the HC Distilling Company. This is MGP juice that they get. Barrel it, bring it out to Las Vegas and age it in that hot desert heat. Mm -hmm. And man, they uh, store it up high in the old Rick house and it brings out some delicious flavors. Now, I found out that they don't actually touch the barrels at all once they put them up in the Rick house. Okay. They don't even touch them because, because of the high heat, they don't want too much barrel Exposure, yeah. You know, so um, because you would get a ton of it. And so it sits, um, it ages, and it comes out absolutely beautiful, non-chilled filter juice. And uh, they have three varieties. They basically just blend the barrels that they get. And, um, you know, this is kind of the barrel strength version of what they have to offer. They have a straight, which is kind of their baseline. And then they have a small batch, which is another blend that they proof to a specific point. But 100 proof, actually, so... Really good stuff. One of my favorite up on this table right now. But uh, yeah, if you haven't tried Smoke Wagon, what the heck are you waiting for? Yeah, I, I mean, it's if I had to drink this every day, I'd not be mad about I it. I wouldn't be mad. In fact, I would probably wake up with a song in my heart. With this, maybe that's why I sing every morning. <laughs> yeah, because you got Smoke Wagon. Because I got Smoke Wagon upstairs. Yeah, it's hard not to wake up and sing a song. Now, the most important thing that we are here for, and the reason you're watching us, is because we are all about connecting you with others, and using this to do it. Yep. So tell us about the show philosophy. Show philosophy is, you know, whiskey has an amazing power to connect people. Mm -hmm. And connecting people is something that I was interested in looking for because I lost my brother to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath of that, I looked into suicide prevention speaking and things because I didn't want anybody else to feel alone the way that he did. And if I could prevent it, I wanted to do it. And I was growing in the whiskey hobby. And when I saw whiskey bringing people together, people that had different ideological views and all this stuff, I thought, I can use this. So mm -hmm. so part of the purpose of the podcast is connect you to whiskey so that whiskey does the rest of the job and gets you connected to others so that you don't feel alone. Um, and, and then we ended up starting the Bourbon Real Talk community because yeah. that is a very important tool to get people connected. Mm -hmm. um, and we almost had to do it because there is so much negativity out there from the whiskey trolls that I felt like it was counterproductive um, to, to send a new person who was looking for connection out into the wild world of, you know, national Facebook groups where people are going to say really hateful things to them. Mm -hmm. um, so we started BRTC to help combat that. Um, but watching all of that go down, not only inspired the creation, but it also made me realize that if someone can hate a stranger online, mm -hmm. there's nothing that prevents me from loving a stranger online. For sure. And that's why we end every podcast the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that we, we love, love you. you. And we'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. My family won't allow me to listen to music in the morning on the way to the gym. Sounds like their problem. Right? I'm like, listen, just because I wake up with a song in my heart yeah. and you don't doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong. I mean, right. yes. in all fairness, it feels like everyone should have a song in their heart. Everyone. This, I'm having a really good beard day. Are you? Yeah. I'm growing my beard out. I think you've inspired me. Yes. Yeah, see, it's getting a little longer. Hey, what's up, bourbon friends? It's Wes here, and I want to personally invite you 
to the Bourbon Real Talk community. Now, if the show philosophy resonates with you and you have this desire to connect with others, you don't wanna feel alone, well, that's what we're here for. So you're in luck. Go to facebook.com and log into your account and search Bourbon Real Talk community. Now, you're going to request to join the group. It's a private group, but we are going to accept you in with open arms and be excited that you are a part of something bigger. Now, that's what Bourbon's all about, connecting others with this brown spirit and with one another. So we're gonna have live events, we're gonna have barrel picks, we're gonna have open discussions, private videos for you to see from Bourbon Real Talk, and it's a great way to get connected with others all around the world. So go on Facebook now, search Bourbon Real Talk community, and I'll see you there. Mm -hmm.